Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. total celebrity segment and I am excited to talk to this guest. I remember her from Weird Science and much much more Kelly LeBrock. Kelly, thanks for calling. How are you? I'm great, Neil. How are you? How's Pittsburgh? Oh, Pittsburgh is dreary, <laughs> Kelly. Uh, I don't Pittsburgh know what's up with isn't the, the pits. It's actually really a cool place. You've done a wonderful job with downtown. It looks spectacular. Oh, Pittsburgh's great now, but meaning the yeah. weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, isn't it amazing? Well, that's the pits. Yeah, yeah, that's the pits. Yes, the pits have been the pits. Seventy degree weather, August. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, Kelly, uh, Pittsburgh is just really developed, and uh, it's a great town for sure. And um, yeah, we're excited to chat with you. Question: Wanted to run right by you, Kelly. Is when you were a supermodel, did you think you were going to get those opportunities in film that you were able to get that are so iconic, like? that you did? Did you think that when you were a supermodel? Did you have those opportunities? I didn't think anything when I was a supermodel. I was just busy trying to survive. I mean, I worked every day. I went from one job to another. It was just one sort of big blur. And actually, I could have had an even bigger career. Um, I turned down many, many movie opportunities um, all along the way from 15 and a half to to before I got Woman in Red. And I'm surprised that I even got Woman in Red because I was telling Gene Wilder that he needed to hire Kim Basinger and a bunch of other people. So I fought very hard to not be famous. It's a miracle that I ever did become famous. It's interesting. You fought to be fam- to not be famous. And yeah, I really didn't, it- I didn't. I didn't care to be famous. I, I, I loved acting uh, when I was a young girl in school, but I never really dreamt or worked hard to try and be famous. No, absolutely. It was it was the other way around, actually. Wow. And can you imagine how people just still remember you from Weird Science and the woman in red? I'm sure you have those conversations yeah, all the time. Yeah, most of them are all wearing the pens now. <laughs> <laughs> that was so long ago. It, it, it seems it, it like seems another like... another lifetime ago, what with social media and how everything has changed from when I was doing, you know, the modeling and the acting. Like, my daughter's in this now, and it's not it's not how many people are watching your show. It's how many followers you have or how many twi- tweets you make or blah, blah, blah. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's changed, definitely. And I don't think that everyone in the business has figured this out yet, Kelly, meaning the actors, actresses, or even producers, directors, or even the the big higher ups yet that it is social media and it's it's unbelievable. So now what we're talking about now is again growing up supermodel, which will be on Wednesday. And uh, I wanted to talk to you specifically about your daughter and this the, the the whole premise of the show is that you have super they have supermodel blood, but yet it's a challenge for them to be in your shadow, right? Look at oh that was Kelly the Brock, and now get out there and and do it what you were doing. Well, I, you know, we're all individuals, and, and nobody can repeat what the parent did. And, and the, like I said, these are completely different times, and Arissa is a completely different person to who I was when I was modeling. When I was modeling, I was kind of an idiot, and I had no uh, self-respect. I didn't have the balls that my daughter has. My daughter is a full, solid human being with no filter. She's, she's one of the nicest and best people I've ever met. And she's going to make a lot of young women feel good about who they are with 
what they have and not what they think they need to have. Arissa's very comfortable in her own skin, and I really admire her for taking the challenge to be the only plus-size model in growing up supermodel. I really admire her for her strength and her courage at, at uh, being happy with who she is. And she's absolutely gorgeous and stunning and way, you know, way more of a whole person than I was when I was modeling. And it's just been interesting watching these kids. You know, we started filming in February. There's six kids. They're all uh, children of, you know, sort of celebrities. It's been interesting watching them grow and, and change and, and become more secure, insecure. And I think that America's going to enjoy watching these kids and their journey and the parents' involvement and how parents interfere or try and, you know, make our kids feel better about themselves. I think it's a great little show, actually. I'm, I'm impressed with the people that they have on it. They have Ricky Schroeder's two beautiful daughters, Krista Allen, who was on Baywatch. They have, we have her son. Uh, there's Beverly Peel, who was a big supermodel in the 90s. Her daughter, Cairo's on it. And, um, and Atiana La Jolla, who is um, Oscar De La Jolla's uh, daughter. So it's an interesting oh, wow. mix of people, and I think that it'll be quite entertaining. I, I said that I would never do reality TV again, but here I am. Never say never. <laughs> now, now, Kelly, would you also see that most of these kids are grounded, even though they had such famous fam parents in a lot of ways from seeing all them, working with all them throughout the, sh uh, the shoot? Grounded? I would, you know, it's hard to find anybody that's grounded today. It's such a, a, a strange world we're all living in. Nobody talks to each other. They're all on their phones all the time. Uh, I think that they're basically all pretty damn good, good kids. I don't see anybody throwing tantrums. I think that they're all nice people, and I think that America will see that as well. have to do and deal with that. Hello, hello. I'm, I'm there, Kelly. The, the the famous celebrity type thing, Kelly. What I see is that uh, that it's going to be hard on them, and that's what we're going to learn in this show is that they always go back to who their parent was, right? In certain ways. In, in well, ultimately, yes, that they they will be recognized for who their parents are. But I think that the stronger the child is, the more that they will pull away from that name. I think if you have it, you have it. Just because your parents are celebrities, it's not a given. In fact, it can be a curse. Uh, it can be even harder because of who your parents are. But I think that these kids are all very interesting, and I think that they will show their own dynamics. And uh, I think it will be interesting watching the famous parent uh, get involved with the kids that are trying to be famous. I think it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, and to know what what they're doing currently as well, like you, Kelly, who you didn't want to be famous, yet you became famous, and then – now, where are you now? That thing. So, are you on social media, Kelly? You you started talking about how things have all changed. Are you on social media? I'm for sort of on social media. I have people that do it for me. Sometimes I I you know if I have something I want to say, I will tweet or whatever that thing is. I won't I won't do you know I have Facebook. I won't do that face thing where you can make a phone call and you can see yourself. I don't want to have to do my hair for a phone call. That's why I love radio. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's definitely a different world. And, and I've been hiding for quite a while, and I think it's time to come out and have some fun. And I think it's really been great for me to do that with my youngest daughter because she's wonderful. I'm very, very proud of her. All right. Well, fantastic. I'm sure we'll be able to find you on social media again Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central on Lifetime. And everyone needs to check out, again, Growing Up Supermodel, Thanks for calling, Kelly, and interesting story to know what's going on with you, and best of luck with this venture, okay? Hope everything goes well with thank your daughter, you, okay? All right, Have thank a you, beautiful Kelly. day. See you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to The Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back. In Hi, everyone, and we're back to The Neil Haley Show on the Total Celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome the program. We all know him from The Bachelorette Season 12 on ABC. Bachelor of Paradise's Vinny Ventiera. Vinny, thanks for calling. How are you? Well, it's I like being called a celebrity this early in the morning. 
you know, you know, it's it's interesting. Okay, you like being called a celebrity, but come on now, Vinny. How much do you get recognized on the streets all the time of people thinking about the Bachelorette? You know how many people watch that show, and and, and you just walk down the street and say, and and probably get different comments, right? When people come and and say, "Do I know you?" Right? Yeah, you know, it's a good feeling. Um, it we definitely get recognized. It's cool, you know. Life could be worse. <laughs> well, what's the reason for always going in these matchmaker type stuff? You know, you do other deals as well, and you're you're trying to find the the, the special one, right? Vinny, is are you just is it just this is about you? Is hey, I got to find the right person for being involved in a lot of these well, different shows? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it all it all started going on the Bachelorette. I think about um, I think we filmed it about a year and a half ago, and it was something totally out of my realm of what I'm used to doing. You know, A, being on a TV show, and B, you know, putting my love life on a TV show. So it's been an interesting uh, almost two years, year and a half. And, um, and then, yeah, the first time I went on The Bachelorette, I wasn't too successful with, you know, finding love on that show. And then I went on Paradise, and then I kind of, uh, you know, got the ball rolling there with the girl that I was dating, and then things didn't work out. And then um, I'll be back for a, I guess you can say a fourth time on television, back on this season of Paradise, which uh, airs Monday. So you will know my uh, st- status by the end of this month. Now, and that's going to be exciting. And you just know people just love these shows on ABC, right? And, Vinny, and, and what does your family members think of this, especially you being on TV all the different times looking for love? What, are the, what do they think uh-huh. of it? They love it. You know, they, they know that I have a good head on my shoulders and that I have good judgment that, you know, I wouldn't put myself in a situation that I didn't really feel comfortable about. And my mom, you know, my mom loves it. She she actually has had, has made a little name for herself because she had some airtime on The um, Bachelorette and also on uh, Patty's Million Dollar Matchmaker. So, you know, as much as people recognize me, they recognize her and you know, they know she is a strong influence on my life, so um, I'm, I'm glad that she could be a part of it. And how does it feel, let's just talk about The Bachelorette and certain things where you think you're going to find love and then they, it just doesn't happen. Is that kind of, is it different being on television where your life is being filmed uh, and trying to, to establish a relationship and stuff than, you know, the, the average every day of let's go out? on a date and stuff and let's call and it's, it's a different feeling, isn't it? Get your well, yeah, on yeah, TV. Yeah. It definitely is a different feeling, but it's put at such like, I don't want to say pressure because that could be, that could be taken as like a wrong word, but you know, there is a lot of pressure because you know, you do have the person that you're trying to date. You do have their producer, you have your producer and you also have like three cameras watching you. So like, going on a date on a television show is, is a lot harder than actually going on a date in real life because it's just like when you're on a date in real life, you're just like, wow, I'm having a conversation with you and not six other people listening. So I guess you could, after that, you kind of feel like you can, you can go on a date anywhere with anyone. Did you, did you, when you go on dates on TV, how much more is your mind yeah. racing to make sure you ask the right questions because you don't want to ask the wrong question or, oh, my gosh, people are going to just be on me forever for this and it'll, it'll live forever. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. That, that, is, that is, you know, you're also fighting the fact of that you don't want to, you know, sound stupid because you're nervous, you know, talking to a female on a date for the first time, but you're also wondering, and you're also worrying about that, you know, there's millions of people watching every single word that you say. So it does definitely get a little nerve wracking. So do you hear, I know our, our listeners out there want to know between all these shows, have you dated other women and what did they think when you, you know, you try to meet a girl somewhere and you're dating them, they know that you've been on these TV shows. What what is that? What is, well, how is I, that I haven't really, I, I haven't really, you know, had time outside of these dating shows to like, I, I guess you could say, date somebody that's not within the, you know, the TV franchise because it's kind of been back to back since last um, March, you know. And plus, I travel a lot, so I haven't really dated outside of that, you know, the TV world. But um, I have here and there, you know, nothing crazy, but. Um, 
you know, once you go on these television shows, like you said, people do recognize you. So you're not really trying to date somebody that recognizes you, you know, for Vinny right. from the TV show. You know, you want to date somebody that, that wants you for you. And luckily, you know, I, uh, you know, people use the word edit. You know, I got a great edit and I was true to myself and, you know, people recognize how real I was. So, you know, that, that only helped me in a positive way in the dating world. Interesting, and you're always, and now you're a brand, Vinny. As I said, you're a celebrity, and you're a brand. So <laughs> basically, going out to these different events, doing these different things, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta change the way you think before you're on these dating shows. You have to have a different mindset because you're representing the different television networks, and you don't know if TMZ is gonna hit you up or paparazzi. So you gotta really be careful in certain ways. Yeah, I mean, I don't care as much as representing the networks. I just care about representing myself in the right way, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm trying to keep you in that PR. Remember, you got to keep moving forward. Maybe you'll be hosting a show someday, Vinny. They're already, they're already preparing. They're already looking for the next person to host uh, some television show. Trust me. I know this the way this business works. What should we expect, expect for Monday? Any, you can't give us any clues except that's going to be interesting your your process on the show right no it's going to be good you know and I, I i'm excited to go back you know i was a little weary at first about going back um but you know there is the obvious whole thing with like corinne and demario drama that happened you know that will be addressed i think pretty early in the um in the season premiere i know i think it's a two-night premiere which is always pretty cool um and yeah, i will absolutely. be there you know there was you know, the drinks were flowing, the the sun was hot, and, you know, when you mix those two together with, you know, with young adults, things get a little out of hand, and, and they do. So, and America will see that on Monday and Tuesday. Absolutely. So, August 14th and 15th on ABC, Bachelor in Paradise. Best place we can find information on you, Vinny. Where can we go? Are you on Twitter? Oh, I got my, uh, yeah. yeah, of course. I got I got I got everything. Instagram, Twitter, um, Vinny Vinsane. You can check out my latest DJ gigs, and uh, you know I'm touring across the U.S. right now. So if anybody wants to keep it locked at Vinny Vinsane. Well, see, Vinny, that's what I'm talking about. You're a brand. Remember that, so you know yeah. that, and you're you're capitalizing <laughs> on your fame so that you can make money. Because always, it's not the show. It's continuing brand awareness afterwards, and you're doing that, Vinny. So best of luck. Thank we got to tune in Monday and Tuesday, and thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Take care. See you. Okay, bye-bye. You're listening to the Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. We're back to the Neil Haley Show on the Total Celebrity segment, and I'm always excited to have this guest on the program. So I'm excited to welcome the program, co-host of American Ninja Warrior, Akbar Baja Bia Miller, Akbar, thanks for calling, and you know what? Every time I get a chance to chat with you, I know you're so pumped up about each season of American Ninja Warrior. It must just it, it must be so much fun to cover. You know, it, it really is, and for me, I think it's, uh, it's a big deal that I get a chance to do something and, uh, and have fun doing it. Uh, you know, I, I can't believe that I'm actually getting paid to do, you know, Matt and I get paid to go out there and cheerlead. But that's what it is. Essentially, I'm a cheerleader. I said it. I'm a cheerleader. That's right. Um, but I love the stories. You know, these stories are, I think, stories that I can relate to, you can relate to, everyone can relate to. Because, um, you know, you talk about American Ninja Warrior, and I think what separates it from a lot of different, you know, competition shows is you really get to know the competitors. But not only do you get to know them, you know them because they're either you or someone that you know. And that's the part yes. of it. And there's a human side to it where you get to champion for the competitors who are going out there and you get to cheer them on uh, as they're running the course. And every year it's a surprise, right? Akbar, it's not always the same people. There are some that constantly are doing really well, but there's all these new stories every time that you cover this. That's right. And this year we, we did something different. Half the competitors this year uh, new stories, and we wanted to be able to showcase more of our new competitors so people could understand, you know, just how big it is and just how many people are involved. There are a lot of people who come out and compete on American Ninja Warrior. Um, you know, in qualifying round, for example, we'll have 120 come out and compete, uh, but not very many can get far. 
Um, but this year, because of the explosion of the show and the ninja gyms popping around, we've had an opportunity to get more competitive ninjas coming out there and compete. Um, but it brings out the best. Tonight, we're in Cleveland. And uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you this show, uh, to tell you this story. But we're in Cleveland, and the biggest planet on the earth, LeBron James and his family, they show up to the set. And they come out there, wow. and they are, like, in awe of it. And his 12-year-old son was itching to get on the – actually, both of his kids were itching to get on the course. So we let him on the course. And his 12-year-old made it all the way up the warped wall. LeBron James, and this took place during the NBA Finals. LeBron James had a game the next day, and he's there, and he was excited. I think, whoa, whoa, LeBron, I think they need you for the Finals. I think they need you for the Finals, man. But that's how excited he was to want to get out there and get on the course. And when you get a guy like LeBron James who respects the course, who respects the competitor, that's what I call game-recognized game. And tonight – we have Jesse Flex Lebrecht. We have Alyssa Beard, fifth-grade teacher, who's just been outstanding. Nachi Richardson, who exploded onto the scene last year. Um, and, you know, the, the Flying Phoenix, I mean, he has come out and he's really showed up. So I can't wait to see what he does tonight and for you guys to get to really understand how big it is for a guy to compete under that type of uh, pressure, you know, coming off of a big year last year. Not everybody can handle that pressure. Uh, but uh, that's why I get excited. And to say, Akbar, when you get excited like that, is it authentic? Heck, yes, it's authentic. And I'll tell you why. I, I mean, I played in the NFL, but I wasn't a Hall of Famer. I'm not a Hall of Famer. Um, and oftentimes what I realize is that if you take, for example, the New York Jets, or excuse me, the New York Giants, Odell Beckham is the main guy there. You take the New England Patriots, Tom Brady is the main guy there. But there are all these other guys, 52 other guys who work their butts off who may not get necessarily the, the recognition. And I feel like I'm the voice of the blue-collar workers. And a lot of those ninjas that you see are blue-collar workers. Fifth-grade teacher Alyssa Beard. I mean, in her everyday life, she doesn't get that type of recognition. But how important are teachers in our everyday life? They're majorly important. I can name every single one of my teachers from first grade all the way until I got to high school. I can name them all. I don't remember a lot of my professors in college, though. But no disrespect to professors out there. Well, you had some great mentors to get you where you are today, Akbar, and it's, a, it's such a great point. The people who compete on this show are the average everyday people. They're not, you know, the, the, they, they're athletic, but yet they have a dream, and they have a dream to, to win in the finals. And that now you're opening it up to more and more people that are talented ninjas to, so that you never know who is going to win in Vegas, right? Because, again, with the more no, more competition, you never know. Yeah, you, you really never know. I mean, and you said it. Um, you know, they are ordinary, but they do extraordinary things when they get out on that ninja course. And, you know, I've had the great privilege. We just had the Pro Football Hall of Fame last week, and we saw LaDainian Thomason, who I played with in 2006. Um, Jason Taylor, who I played with for the Miami Dolphins in 2007. Um, we have Terrell Davis, who I had a chance to watch when I was in college. Kurt Warner, who I played against. I mean, Kurt Warner is a magic star. I think people love Kurt Warner, if you're not familiar with him. Of course, Super Bowl winning quarterback for the St. Louis Rams, played with the Cardinals. But people love his story because he was a story of a guy who came from behind, was bagging groceries, was never given a college scholarship and went on, had an opportunity to play in the NFL, uh, got his first opportunity because Trent Green gets hurt, and then turns out to be a pro football Hall of Famer? Where else does that right. happen? Well, you see a lot of those stories on American Ninja Warrior. And so where I've been around a lot of fantastic athletes and played with some of the greats. I played with Jerry Rice. I mean, big-name guys I've played with. But I'm telling you, I am more impressed, and I'm not saying this because I'm on the show. I'm more impressed with the athletes that I see on American Ninja Warrior than I was with the the great athletes that I played with. True story. That's fantastic. Yeah, and that's what's so exciting about the show. New stars are developed. I think that what NBC is able to do with two uh, shows like American Ninja Warrior, America's Got Talent, those types of shows bring people that finally get their shot. Finally get it. They want to be recognized. They work so hard, and they finally have that stage, either on the, the athletic stage or the performance stage, 
Akbar and get that shot that maybe they never would have if it wasn't for NBC and giving those opportunities. That's how, that's how I see those two that's right. shows. And how you, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I, I think at the core of all of us, one of our primal needs is we all want to matter. And we want to matter in how we raise our kids. We want to matter in how we love people. I mean, I, I think, you know, even you look at our society today and you see everything that's going on in the last couple of days over in Charlottesville. You know, I think people are out there fighting to figure out and to, to, to realize, like, hey, we matter. We're telling the opposition that, look, you know, despite how you may feel about me, look, I'm no different than you are. And I think that's what we showcase on American Ninja Warrior. We show the variety of competitors. We show that our competitors, they come in different ages, sizes, gender. I mean, they come out there different races, and we come out there and they come together for one common goal. And I think that's, that's something America could take in, you know, coming in together for one common goal, despite our differences. We're all different, but that's okay, but we're the same. We're all the same. Like, when you yes. watch these competitors, I think people fall in love with them because they look at say, wow, I'm either that person or I know that person. And, you know, that's the beauty of American Enjoy. Some of the, some of the competitors that you see tonight are competing under tremendous duress. I mean, we're talking about personal issues and things yes. that they've had to work through. And you'll see those stories tonight um, on, uh, on NBC with American Ninja Warrior. And you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And, and this is a great time, too, you know, as a country, you know, showcases a sore spot in Charlottesville. I think you can come together and watch an American Ninja Warrior and remember that humanity is really good. Like, it's not all that bad, you know? So um, that, that's, that's what I love about the show as well, you know? There are not a lot of shows out there where you can sit and watch together as a family. I've got kids who range from 5 years old all the way to 16-year-old, and we can all sit together and watch the show. That's, 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 that's amazing. Okay, so again, tonight, tune in. 8 p.m. Mondays, American Ninja Warrior. Check out the Cleveland uh, finals today. And uh, thanks again for calling, Akbar. We can connect with you on social media, all different places, right? For sure, right? Yes, that's right. It's Akbar underscore Bajan, all the platforms. Uh, and then it's just my full name for Facebook. All right. Thanks, Akbar. Take care. Thanks for calling. Thank, thank you. All right. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Uh, this is the Neil Haley Show. We're live again here at Idiot Radio Studios at Brookline Pub, 734 Brookline Boulevard. And I got from INSP, the Cowboy Way, Alabama. I got, do I have all of the guys on the line? Bubba, Cody, and Chris, are you guys all on the line? You got Cody. Cody, you're on, and Chris, Chris and Bubba, are you all three of you on? Uh, Cody and Bubba are on. I'm Bubba and Cody's on the line. They're on Booker. He's probably out, out on the back side of the fence working on something. Okay, so we just have Bubba and Cody on. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes. All right, all right. Well, let's just, just jump right into it. Okay, so now, guys, uh, this uh, is a – I watched the trailer, and I'm going to go first with Bubba. Tell us the, specifically how you got this opportunity, because I really like the fact of your faith. I like the fact that you're trying to show cowboys in a specific way. So tell me a little bit about that. Booger Brown. Oh, so Booger is on. So, so we got all three. Okay. Well, let's go to Bubba first. Go ahead, Bubba. Neil, uh, long, several years ago, back in 2012, I was on a uh, dating show called Sweet Home Alabama. And uh, long story short, I, I went all the way down to the end of the stuff, and I got to become really good friends with the producer of the show. Um, and uh, I actually got on that show because Cody was on the same show a couple seasons prior. And uh, anyhow, the producer, he really he really started blasting Cody and myself, and uh, he came down and visited with us for a little while and saw the lifestyle that we lived and, and, and saw the business that we did, and he just enjoyed it. And he, he, you know, he's from out in Los Angeles, and he loves the cowboy western lifestyle. That's how this all came about. So he wanted to come down here and film a show about our business and what all we did for a living. And, just the lifestyle of a cowboy. Wow. And, and Cody, kind of define for me what the lifestyle of a cowboy is. Because, again, we have different perceptions of cowboys. You know, a Booger the other day, we were talking, all of us were talking, but Booger made a good point. Like, you don't have to be born a cowboy, born to the ranch to be a cowboy. And really, in my opinion, it's, it's not something like we really do. It's who we are. It's how we, you know, it's just, it's a state of mind, really. You know, a, a cowboy, in my opinion, if you watch the old westerns, they always stand up for what's right, even if it, it, it leads to their death. Like in the movie Lonesome Dove, 
uh, Captain and Gus hung their best friend Jake to ride my outlaws. You know what I mean? So, I mean, people think you have to have a bunch of horses or a thousand head of cattle to be a cowboy. That's just not true, man. And then you do have those folks who think just because they wear a hat they're a cowboy, and that's not true either. So I think a cowboy really tells you who you are as a person. And, um, you know, I mean, we love our animals just as much as we love our own oh, yeah. kids. So awesome. that has a lot to do with it. And uh, Chris, who we call Booger, uh, first tell us, Chris, how you got that nickname, Booger. <laughs> I was a Booger monster when I was a child. I was into everything, and I, I certainly lived up the expectations of the name, I believe. It's just, I was always doing something. They got to call me a little Booger. Next thing you know, my granddaddy caught wind of it, and when he started calling it Booger, it pretty much stuck with me. He used to give everyone I knew a nickname. My friends from high school, family members, everybody got a nickname around my granddaddy. Cool, cool, for sure. Now, Bubba, what should we expect? Again, the, the premiere is August 10th, Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. What should we expect? Yes. Uh, expect some good, wholesome, family, clean fun, and uh, it's it, a, a good story about our lifestyle, a day-to-day uh, operation, and uh, how we work hard together as a team to provide for our families, and uh, most, most importantly, we thank the good Lord above for all these opportunities that we've received. Absolutely. And, Cody, let's kind of go to you in a way. Are you a hesitant of a reality show? You know, you, 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 you and, uh, and, 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 and Bubba have some experience in that process. I know INSP does a tremendous job with their original programming. Uh, is there any concerns of showing your lifestyle on television, or this is the perfect platform for you? You know, honestly, if the world needs to see it, you know, and I, I'm not a very look-at-me kind of person, never have been. Uh, but I've always rode, I've rodeoed my whole life, so you're kind of on the stage and to an extent if you're at a rodeo. I mean, you're in that. You're pretty much a specialty act, and people are paying to come watch you. So, but for, for my life and our life and our family's lives to be on TV, there's, of course, it kind of, it's kind of worrisome sometimes, but really and truly, man, people need to see what we do. People need to see that there's still people out there in the world that care. People need to see there's still people out there that pray and aren't scared to talk about God aren't scared to talk about family, aren't scared to stand there for what's right. People need to see it, and I think we can do it. That, that's fantastic, and Chris, the, the kind of directing the same question to you in a, in a way. You're, you're, you, those two had some experience on television. What about you and putting yourself on TV in front of uh, you know telling that story? You know, it's been four years like since we've been working on this. We had another show one time. On- it hit on that geo just for a short period. We didn't ever, never got a season out of it. So it's been a long time coming, and I've been on, you know, working, tr- trying to make what we finally created here for a long time. So it's kind of like the TV business is, you know, the camera sort of getting old to me. It started coming next second nature. But I think it's, it's excellent for people to see what we're doing. There's so many, so many cowmen, so many cowboys, and so many people in this world that work so hard every day for what they, what they own and what they receive and what they, uh, that never get no glory, that never get, it's not glorified. Even with a cowboy, it's never glorified. Even the guys like the rodeo cowboys, they ride all year and all this heartache and hard work and being broke and highs and lows just to say to get to the national finals. Well, they get that one week. They, they're in the spotlight. Other than that, it's sweat and tears the rest of the time. And it's really an honor to get to show what we do every day and, and how hard working men work. Absolutely. Let, let's talk about the cowboy life, especially somebody who's not a huge outdoors person. I'm, I'm 6'10", uh, 270 pounds, so I, I can handle myself. But how much work is it to do what you do on a daily basis, uh, Bubba? Well, we're all in agreement that the work the work never stops. I mean, mm-hmm. we get up several hours before daylight, you know, go out and catch our horses, get them saddled up, get our uh, – figure out what we left off yesterday and uh, just try to go at it. And like we say, we go to the office. The pastor is our office or a set of cow pens or loading cow trucks. So it's a, it's a never-ending journey. Uh, like I said, we don't, we don't ever find a, you know, we don't ever quit. Yeah, and, and never the never quit attitude uh, is such an important. So you're saying you get up two hours before daylight. So what time would that be? Uh, I'm going. I'm looking at my questions and where I'm going next in, in direction. Who's the next person? Oh yeah. So uh, Cody, what what time in the morning do you guys yes. get up? You know, it all varies, but like you know, obviously if the sun comes up and goes down at a different time throughout the year. You know, time change and all, but. You know, right now, this time of year, it's a 4.30, quarter till 5 for me. 
for myself, you know, and, and the people, especially on the TV show, they'll see the glory side of the work. They'll see the the riding through the pastures and cattle and stuff like that. But they, and I hope they show a lot of it. They don't see the true nitty gritty stuff that never gets shown. I was like getting under a tractor, changing the oil, or, or greasing something, or fixing a feed hopper. You know what I mean? I mean, just the. If, if you get done doing one thing, there's always something that needs to be fixed, a fence, you know, the truck radiator. Just, just a, the list goes on forever. I mean, it's never, well, all right, boys, we're done today. It's like time let's go home and watch TV. I mean, that's just, that's just not the way it is at all. Now, now, Chris, uh, being an expert cattleman. Feel, feel how, free to call me Booger. Booger, Booger. Okay, Booger. Uh, expert cattleman. <laughs> Tell me specifically how to become an expert cattleman for somebody listening to the show. I've had interesting uh, stories about a salsa dancer today on the show to uh, singers, but always providing that uh, uh, talent. But how to become an expert cattleman? How do you do that? Well, if you want to be a pro football player, you want to be a pro skateboarder, you want to be a, uh, a movie star, anything, I've always said if you're going to make it, you can't fake it. you got to live it. That's awesome. That sums it up. That's great advice. I, I, I love the advice you for sure. you live what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. You, don't, you, can't have, you can't go in it half-hearted. You'll never succeed. And when you get knocked down, you know, you got to get back up and go at it even harder. And that, that right there is what stars you up on the inside and out and makes you who you are. And you got to be tough. I mean, I'm not talking about being able to take blows from cows running you over and stuff. you got to be able to handle that, but you got to be tough-hearted, and you got to try and the financial end of it. I mean, you, it's a struggle. Every day is a struggle, you know. All right, so guys, got to check out The Cowboy Way, Alabama. It premieres Thursday, August 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern. And where's the best place we can connect with you guys? Are you guys on social media that people can connect with you? Yes, sir. Uh, Bubba Thompson on Facebook, Cody Harris on Facebook, and uh, Chris, Chris Booger Brown on Facebook. No, sir. Booger Brown. Just Booger Brown. Excuse- but we've got personal pages and fan pages and Instagrams as well. We're pretty easy to look up. We're generally sitting there, standing there in a cowboy hat or sitting on the back of a horse on our profile picture. All right. And we'll be doing a Facebook Live talk um, August 10th uh, after the premiere. Um, We'll be having INSPs hosting a Facebook Live thing for all three of us. If anybody has any questions, any comments. And if there's any haters out there, people don't think it's the real deal, we invite them to come. Hey, spend a day with us and see what we do. We'd sure like to show you that it is for real. This ain't no made-up Hollywood nonsense. Well, we'll definitely check it out, guys. Thanks for calling. And I may have to put you up on that and say, I'll come out to Alabama and, and see you guys sometime. But uh, good talking to you, all three of you, and uh, best of luck with the show. Thanks for having us. All right, take care, guys. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. You're listening to the Neil Haley Show, powered by Idiot Radio Studios, live at the Brookline Pub, 734 Brookline Boulevard. And we'll be back in just... Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Neil Haley Show. You can check me out on Twitter at TotalTutor and NeilHaley.com. And I'm excited to welcome the program from the Blue Man Group. When I think of the Blue Man Group, it's like an iconic thing to me. And it's, it, I just think of them all the time in specific commercials and different things since they've come out. And I'm excited to welcome the program. One of the members, Matt Ramsey. Matt, thanks for calling. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely, Matt. And uh, it's it's definitely an, an interesting thing when you tell people <laughs> that you're a member of the Blue Man Group, right? When you talk to people on the street yeah. or you're just, you know, you're not in character and you tell people. And then what are their thoughts at first, thinking about it, you know, when they're the first sighting and different things of the Blue Man Group, when you tell them you're part of that? Yeah, you know, when I tell people what I do for a living, I have become used to uh, saying I'm a performer, you know, as opposed to, hey, I'm in, a, I, I'm, I'm in a show right now. I don't lead off with Blue Man Group because sometimes it's so difficult to describe it, you know. Um, I love to talk about it. Don't get me wrong. I love talking about the character. I love talking about the show and the joy it brings people. And it's really a thrill to be able to perform in it. But it is so hard to describe what it is, you know. And so when people ask me, you know, oh, what, what do you do? When it comes around to um, oh, Blue Man and Blue Man Group, they either have two reactions. One's like, oh, I love, I love that show. I've seen it before. Fantastic, and they have lots of questions, of course. Or, or the other one is, oh, that's you know, they kind of tilt their heads. Go, what's Blue Man Group? That sounds, that sounds interesting. And then I have to, then I have to um, do what I've done so many times, and I still struggle through it. Is describe what in the world Blue Man Group is. 
Um, I'm getting better at it, and of course, it's a, it's it's a wonderful show. And I just describe to them that it's it's a, a performance that incorporates humor and uh, pop culture, exactly, and yeah. rock music, yeah. and and a and a euphoric kind of dance party, bringing all kinds of strangers together um, and and bring them in a in a environment of you know tight connection through this character that doesn't speak and is covered in blue paint and is bald. <laughs> so tell and that's when it gets, yeah, yeah. that's just when the conversation gets really interesting if they have no uh, preconception of the show or if they've never <laughs> seen the character and that sort of thing. But it's it's really fun to talk about it. So tell me the history of the Blue Man Group. Well it started um, a long time ago with these three close friends. You know, they were friends in, in school. Um, in fact, two of them, I think, their friendship went back to high school. So they they had known each other for years and years before this sort of project, what has become now, sort of took took its form. In the early days, they were just three friends, and it was there was a lot more of this core group of creative people in New York City who were very involved and interested in pop culture and literature and art and music. But they were also, um, you know, curious about what made certain things popular in our culture and what what things in art and music drew people in. And they were also sort of frustrated with the state of, of art and music and what was popular. And they had a very specific idea of what they wanted to do. And so simply they just started doing it. They got a group of friends together. They would form salons and discuss art and discuss theater and discuss performance and what brings people together and how people connect and why. And it just sort of took the, sh- the character sort of was born out of those salons. They started performing in small little, you know, what we call happenings around New York City. Right, right. And um, yeah, and early on, they got some media coverage and slowly people started to become aware of it. And it was really sort of bizarre and in the underground theater world when it first started, which which gave it a lot of interest, and people were coming um, from all over to try and see this this really unique theatrical experience, and it just grew from there. So, from the very beginning, they were always interested in how to connect, how to bring people together, how to connect people uh, who come from very different backgrounds, and what makes people, uh, what do people share? What is the common denominator of of uh, of all you know of humanity, and they have found this really wonderful uh, recipe, and through the character, and it's just really a thrill to see. You know, I have the pleasure of seeing it in action every night. You know, I get to walk out on stage and see people from exactly, yeah, all over all over the world. You know, people who don't even speak English, or yeah, or who some people are um, deaf. Or you know, it, it really doesn't matter. The language is not a barrier to, with this show to bring people together. It's the experience that we all create together, and that's what draws people in. And it's just really a pleasure to see to see that happen night to night. So now, here here's a question, Matt. So how do you think that it went viral uh, before viral, and in, in, in a different way? Yeah. The, the, this thing. Uh, what did the guys say that just so that it just became this trend, and the Blue Man Group showed up everywhere? I forget what what caused that craze that stays today. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if if there is one thing uh, that 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 there. I mean, I don't. Well, first of all, I don't think that that was really ever um, a, a plan uh, to to make this become sort of um, a global phenomenon. I, I I think it really was just an effort of these artists to figure out how to how to connect with people and how to express themselves through music and art and, uh, and humor. And it really just caught on. I mean, I, I think sort of what I mentioned earlier about all, all people love to, to be uh, in the presence of this character. Like when they experience a blue man show, it doesn't matter where you're from or who you are, or what language you speak, you form a bond, you know, there, there's something that's special that happens in the theater in that space. And I think it's just a lot of it was word of mouth. I think a lot of it, of course, was was media before the Internet was really what the Internet is now. Uh, And that's why it probably was such a slow burn, maybe, by our current standards of this this thing spreading. But I think it really was just the fact that they tapped into something that is is, – 
is common in all of us, that desire to to be a part of something special with strangers, you know, connecting with strangers and and realizing that language doesn't matter, that your culture doesn't matter, that where you're from and your upbringing, your socioeconomic status doesn't matter. All of those things fall away, and they leave feeling like, I can't believe I just experienced that with, with all of these people, you know. So I think that's probably the special ingredient, but the how, um, I think, is just... It's it was, a, it was sort of a slow burn by our standards now, but I don't ever think that it was um, uh, th- that that was like a steamrolled a steamrolling goal of theirs. Like how, how can we get this <laughs> as many people as possible? It's, this was something that that happened that way, you know. Exactly, and uh, and I I remember I forget what show in the first time I saw the Blue Man Group, and then when you experience anything from a YouTube to just watching him at the first time. It's it's just unlike anything else, and that's what yeah. that's what your show is like. When people go and experience going to a Blue Man Group event, what uh, th- there's there's tons of different things that they experience in that time period, right? Of the performance, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's music. There's a lot of um, video and lighting and special effect elements. There's certainly humor. I mean, it's all it's all sort of based in uh, the desire to make people laugh and feel lighthearted about the things that we're doing on stage, even though some of the things we're doing on stage can, um, can be a little pointed at times. I mean, we, you know, the character em- embraces all of the elements of our current pop culture, but it also sort of pokes fun at it and explores why are these things popular. I, I think the great benefit of this Blue Man character is that he is an outsider. This character is not part of our culture. We don't really define where the character is from or what he is. It's just very clear that he's he is not part of our culture, you know. Um, and, and with and, and the benefit of that is that we can explore as the character. We can explore all these things. We can explore pop culture, popular music, uh, popular art, and at the same time, kind of poke fun at it and and show the audience and and and. Uh, sort of ourselves like is this is this worth all the attention maybe it is maybe it's not maybe we should put our focus here maybe we should play around with this maybe we should twist this and turn it on its head and discover something brand new that we hadn't seen before you know so um when people walk into the theater they're going to they're it should be a transformative experience the space itself is very different than most theaters you walk into there is a lot of video elements you know as as the show progresses through the years, yes, yes. we like like I said, we take on the pop culture of the time, and so you know um, the internet and social media and iPhones and gadgets that is now part of the fabric of our culture, <laughs> yes. and and the the blue men embrace that, and like I said, they'll kind of turn it on its head, poke fun of it, and use it in a new, wonderful, um, creative way. Uh, you'll see music. Someone will might be brought on stage. Uh, another wonderful thing about the show, part of why I've been doing it for so long and it's and still love it, is that we don't. Um, there's no separation between the blue men and the audience. We we will literally look directly at the audience and in their eyes. And in fact, we come off the stage and interact with them. And 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 sometimes we'll bring someone up on stage to participate with us. So it's a really unique experience, and and the point of that, I think, is I think it's a very important part of the show that when people are a little uncomfortable, in a safe way, of course, but when, when they're a little uncomfortable and maybe not sure what to expect, they are in a position, I think, emotionally, to experience something new and have a new exactly. have their minds changed about something. And so we have a really unique experience to go into the audience, they get a little uncomfortable. We can actually bring, possibly bring someone on stage. And then it's just, what, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens together. <laughs> yes, you yes, know? yes, Definitely. What's, and so it's yeah, really, yeah, it's really yeah. fun. Absolutely. Some of your latest projects that are going on with the Blue Man, with Blue Man Group, tell us about those. Yeah, you know, the, the shows in the city, we have many shows throughout the United States um, that are permanent sit-down productions. And those... Um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work to keep those shows running, but also to update the content. You know, like I said, the part of the show is 
to stay abreast with, with what's going on in popular culture. And so the show needs to adjust as pop culture changes. So part of the content, uh, part of creating this new content and updating the shows um, means that we have to go to each city and, and update the content, bring in new equipment, write new music, all this sort of thing. So it can be a, a time-consuming thing, but we're constantly, constantly working on updating these shows to keep them uh, relevant and fun and to make sure that, that people, no matter where they're from uh, and no matter what generation they're from, I think that's also important. The show appeals to kids who are glued to their devices as much as it appeals to you know, their grandparents who may not understand what in the world their grandkids are doing with this phone in their hand. Um, and so it's really a wonderful way to keep the shows relevant. And so to update these shows, of course, it takes a lot of work, and we're constantly doing that. We're constantly creating new material, writing new music, and um, and systematically dropping them into the show. So it takes, um, I would say on average, every four years or so, there's okay. a major update. But then every, uh, you know, there are several times, sometimes several times in one year that we get minor updates, you know, just to keep the shows fresh and relevant and, uh, and exciting. So those are the, the, the shows in the United States. We do have a world tour that is uh, currently touring. It's in, <clears throat> it's in a, well, it's on a little bit of a rest, but it starts back up in Tel Aviv. It's been in the East for a while, and now it's um, going to be going to, you know, Western Europe, Italy, um, it's like, again, like I said, in Tel Aviv on, in August, it'll, oh my it'll start back up and it'll go through the UK and Switzerland and Turkey and Austria and, you know, all over. So that has been going for about a year now. So, and I believe it started in, Ooh, it might've started in, oh, I, I forget, but it went through China and it went to, um, Australia and, you know, the, all of the Eastern countries. Um, so that's happening. There's also a sit down show in Berlin. Right now, that has been been running since. Oh, um, wow! Yeah, yeah, two thousand, and it's been going since the early two thousand, and still going strong. So there's a lot of productions that we have to maintain and to um, to keep up with. <laughs> so it's really exciting. So now it's so it's there's a lot more Blue Man than there were before. Then Matt, correct? Then yeah, when they started. Yeah, yeah. So oh yeah, casting is a yeah. is a big deal. Um, is that what you were going to ask yeah, about? Yes, how to, yeah, how to yes, yes. Ask these shows. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's you know it's it's really fun. It's an exciting process to to cast Blue Men. It's a very unique audition. In fact, I just finished a an eight hour day yesterday auditioning uh, potential new Blue Men, and it's it's unlike what most actors or performers experience in an audition, just like our show is very unlike what most people experience when they, when they go to the theater, they go to see a show. Uh, and so there's a lot of, uh, sort of improv based exercises that we do when we cast them. And you know, it's hard, honestly, it is, it's a difficult process finding the right performer who is uh, versatile musically, but also has strong acting chops and is, is able to really embody this unique character. But they're out there, and we, we do find them. And so we're constantly casting. We're constantly auditioning. We audition all over the United States, but also, you know, abroad. And so um, it's, just a, it's just an ongoing process, you know, right? I think right now there are... Boy, I don't know. You know, each city has about... Six to seven cast members, okay. six to seven okay. blue, blue men in each city. So that gives you a kind of a ballpark of how many active blue men yeah, are yes. in the world right right now. You know, it's maybe fifty or so. And then we have a whole slew of people who have been blue men in the past and have moved on to other projects. But we keep track of so that we can use them in case of an emergency. If someone is injured or if um, you know someone, we have like a vacation crisis and, and suddenly we're short blue men, we will call, we'll, we'll draw upon what we call our bench blue men, which is also a, a pretty big network of people who we have trained and who know the character and that we can call on, but who aren't actively in a cast at the time. I got you. Now, Matt, where would you rank yourself in blue men? They're the, the three, you talked about the originals. When did you come yeah. on board compared to them? That I'm just interested uh, in learning that. Yeah. 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 Well, if you're, if you're asking me if I'm one of the best blue men in the entire world, then the answer is yes. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, I'm kidding. I, 
I think what you're asking is where when I was hired in the in the timeline of of the company. Yes, is that what you're yeah, asking? Absolutely, yeah. Veteran yeah. status. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was hired in the in 2000, so 17 years ago. I've been doing it for 17. Holy years. cow! Okay. And at that point, the show had already been been going for 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 many years. So um, in the time that I've been in the company, you know, several of the, the more veteran blue men uh, before me have left. And so, I mean, that's an interesting question. I, I think I'm, I'm one of the more veteran blue men still working in the company, but I, I'm certainly not like the first or second generation from the original. I understand. Gotcha. And so yeah. now talking about tours, you talk about all these different performances all the time, all over the country, all over the world. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. about you, you and your tour? Do you go with the main group for touring? Like, what's the difference of seeing a performance in, let's say, as you talked about another country, compared to going out on your latest tour, the, the Blue Men? So, is there is there a different group? Is it a different type of performance when you guys are going to bigger stages and stuff? Is that where you're traveling, Matt, to go? Yeah. Well, first of all, I. Um, I'm part of the New York City cast right now, so I'm. Okay. I don't. I don't travel. Around. I. I mean, part of the the job might entail a lot of travel. And and at one point years ago, I was on the the Nat, the North American tour, and I toured all over the United States with the show. But right now, I'm currently just a full time member of the New York City cast. So I I pretty much stay put unless I'm asked to go do a special gig somewhere or something like that. Um, so back to your question. It, I think I understand you. You're you're asking how different is a tour if someone were to yes. go see the show yes. while it's on tour. How different is that from the sit down show? Exactly. Exactly. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm throwing well, you some 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 uh, different uh, curveball questions, but I know our listeners from no, no, the fine. great answers you've been ma- giving us. I wanted yeah. to ask that for sure. Yeah. No. No. That's that's a great question. And it's a, a question that um, I I think a lot of people have. So. You know the shows in the United States are are very similar. The, we do have a show in Las Vegas, which of course we have to, you know, we have to. They have to fit in Vegas, so it's it's much bigger. It's a lot flashier. There's a lot more technology and unique pieces that that are only in that show. So, if someone were to see a show in Las Vegas and then come to see the show in New York or Boston or Chicago or something you would definitely understand that it is the same show. It's the, the character remains the same no matter where the character is, no matter what show the character is performing in. It's always the same character. That will, that will never change. Um, however, there are different pieces in, in different cities. So I would say in, in uh, Las Vegas, you'll have probably a 30% different show than what you'd see in New York. And on tour, it's it's kind of similar. It's about it's it's maybe thirty to forty percent different than what you would find in one of the shows in um, in the United States. But like I said, you'll definitely recognize. It's not like you're seeing an entirely different show. The character is always the same. Many of the pieces are are identical. They're just either produced to fill a bigger stage. Um, but they're uh, they're the same pieces that we some of the same music that we play in all of our shows, you know, because they've been tested, time tested. You know, these are the ones that exactly that have yeah great content and they're really funny, just really great piece of music. Um, and so those you know those kind of kernels of the show remain the same in any production that you're going to see. All right, so you can check you out uh, at Blue Man dot com slash new york for the tour in new york that you got for the uh the uh where you perform the cast performs in new york but some cities aren't lucky enough to have blue man so that's where you guys do a lot of the tours right the cities that already have uh everyday uh cast they don't have to worry about it so for example if you come to pittsburgh pittsburgh doesn't have a blue man group so you guys at one point will tour pittsburgh then right that's right. So we have um, a North American tour that has been, you know, we, we don't tour year-round. We have to, you know, kind of give the market a rest, so to speak. Um, and it's going to launch soon, uh, and that is being updated with new content as well. So 
it is not currently running. However, it is in the works very soon to take off again. And, of course, that is the goal, exactly what you're talking about, is to bring the show to the areas that aren't near one of these um, sit-down shows. So, and, and just so your listeners can understand, there are sit-down shows in New York, in Boston, Chicago, Las Vegas, Orlando, those five in the United States, and Berlin in Europe. There is a world tour that is touring through Europe that I mentioned. And like uh, we're talking about now, there's a North American tour that will start up again very soon with some updated content. And that tour will fill in the United, you know, it goes through North America. So it'll, it'll hit Pittsburgh. It'll, it'll hit the, the more rural areas in between um, and sort of allow the rest of the country to experience the show. And we're all we're on all over the world too, so that's fantastic to bring those things up. So the best place people can go is. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.